0: on Local Now, Channel 525.
1: Hour 2, Backbone Radio on this December 04, December 4th, 2022, covering some topics, including Matt Taibbi's release of the Twitter files, a major glimpse into the inner workings of the deep state. And I will say, if you're a commentator out there, if you're an American citizen out there and you don't have an awareness of, of what this deep state is and what it is all about, you are completely missing the point. You are a dinosaur and you are not contributing to the discussion and you are unprepared to do your part in helping save this place and save freedom, liberty, and human flourishing. There are some dinosaurs out there who, they, you need, I do say, you need to be on Twitter directly so you can see this stuff and it's definitely safe now. Now that Elon Musk has made a purchase, he's got a long ways to go. There's still a lot of problems with the content moderation on Twitter, but boy, it has never been better. Man, what a wasteland Twitter has been all of these years. And I want to continue a bit with what Matt Taibbi and his his Twitter thread is exposing. I want to talk about James Baker, the FBI attorney, and dial that in just a little bit I want to pose the question of what are Republicans going to do about this (laughs) what are the rhinos going to do about this uh is it going to be another scenario where it's like the sound of stepping on a plum yeah from the Republicans where are you people this is big Alexa just sent me a text to studio bigger than Watergate where are the rhinos come on Oh, are they in on it, though? Oh, are are they in on it? Hmm. Let's talk about that. And Elon Musk, again, here's his direct quote. Twitter acting by itself to suppress free speech is not a First Amendment violation, but acting under orders from the government to suppress free speech with no judicial review is a violation. And we are working on that nexus between government asking Twitter to do the censorship, and I've been talking about this for a long time, and we're waiting on some smoking guns to come in on this, and that is where this Baker guy comes in. More on this in just a moment. Wanted to say hello, 303-696-1971, to Holly in Aurora. Glad you are here. Welcome to the program.
0: Hi, Dr. Dunn. Yes. Um, uh, Hi. Um, Hi. Earlier, um, Blake was getting feedback with my phone, but uh, in the last few minutes it's been coming through pretty good that I could tell. So are you hearing me? Sounds great.
1: Clear as a bell. Love it. Great.
0: Clear as a Christmas bell. Ah, <laughs> well, um, what I wanted to say was um, two things actually. Uh, the first thing that I was telling Blake was uh, there was a terrific call last night on Randy's program that I'm gonna probably not say too much about, but I'm just gonna um, bring it up to you. Get to last night's um, program if you can, um, you know, the, the the recording of it, so that you can hear it. Johnny had an incredible thing that he put through last night, and um, Randy was able, right at the last minute of his second hour, to be able to send that thread, an audio thread, I, I don't have computers, so I don't understand exactly how this works, but okay. I think it's called an audi- uh, audio thread uh, that he sent to Randy, that then Randy could put it through on the radio, the first time he tried to put it through it wasn't very clear, but by the second time you could hear it real well, and it is Fascinating, and it's all about Kanye West. And yeah, it was Kanye. Really, really good.
1: Interesting. And, um, Kanye seems to have so, become a complete nutcase. I don't know what the heck yes, is going not, on
0: with know, Kanye yes, West, Doctor Dunn. It was all a ruse. That's what Johnny got from his. Um, he he has connections with some uh, organization that are all blind people. And he was able to get this um, thing from um, Kanye West. It was all a ruse um, that Kanye West was putting through so that Adidas in China would have to leave him alone, that they would walk away from him because he couldn't get out of the contract with him. And so this was what... you got to hear it. It's incredible. Interesting. Gotta, I saw
1: Randy Corcoran yeah. at least mention that on his podcast header last night, oh, but okay. I wasn't able to hear that portion of his program last okay. night. And I will say this. Yeah. I don't know the first thing about this, and I have not dug into what was going on. And that's
0: why I wasn't going to push you on it. But of course, it seems yeah.
1: like Kanye West has gone completely around the bend, completely crazy. And... Um, <laughs> You know, uh, oh. Donald Trump, who has been an incredible supporter of Israel and the Jewish American community, to suddenly be in this oh. weird situation because Kanye brought these friends with him to some yep. unannounced, uninvited mm-hmm. visit to uh, Trump's place. I, uh, I I don't know what Trump, to make of that one yet, so I'm kind of
0: Trump, Trump seeing didn't know what anything the story about is. It. Trump didn't know anything well, about it. Well, Kanye has said like that.
1: Kanye says that he Trump had no idea who these people were. Yeah. So Kanye he was says doing that. This. But of course, yeah. the media, this is the kind of thing they they yeah, love know. to run with I and know. try to create all kinds of uh, you know, uh, make all kinds of uh, conclusions from, but uh I, I need to get more info on this before I know
0: uh,
1: you know yeah. what at all to and say. I don't
0: want I don't want to say a whole lot, but if Johnny is listening tonight, I just want to say, Johnny, you are a rock star, and I absolutely will push, push, push to try to get all of the conservative hosts to look into it, to find out what it is so that we can restore Kanye's um, uh, character um, reference or character... um so that he doesn't assassinate himself to, to death. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. But, um, and, you know, as you're talking, Holly, I see that Johnny yeah. is calling in. Oh, good. So oh, good. Maybe we'll um, say hello to Johnny here. Um,
0: yeah. Okay. Go ahead.
1: All right. Well, I'll do that, Holly. And, again, okay. I'm staying way away from this one, but let's see what Johnny has to say here. And Okay. Yeah, Johnny, so, welcome.
2: Yeah. So he did an interview that was before Thanksgiving, that I guess he told the guy not to drop it until this time. What, what's going on is, um, okay, he's with the Adidas. Adidas hired a lawyer to work with Kanye. Ka- Kanye said, well, okay, this is great. I got a lawyer. Then the lawyer tried to do a um, uh, uh, exchange where he, could, he he would sign over all the rights to the creation that he was doing uh, with the team that, that he was working with with Adidas, and then the guy, the, uh, people at Adidas froze his bank account, hmm. right? And he said, well, "I haven't killed anybody. What, what did they freeze in my bank account? Because they, they wanted control over what, whatever he was he was doing." So then the the, the lawyer, you know, was doing what he was doing, and so kind of said, "Okay, I need to get out of this contract." And I guess two months even before we heard about this stuff, he had tried to get out of this contract. And I don't know if you remember when Slave, when um, Prince was trying to get out of his con- contract with, with Warner Brothers, he wrote the the, the thing "Slave" on his face. Then he changed his name to a symbol. This is similar, but that was back then. This is now. What could you say shocking enough to get out of your contract, where they would break the contract? Because if you break the contract, then uh, then they could come after you and, and sue you. So he was working with a team of people to try to figure out how of this contract, so they say. Okay, people are hooked on that word crazy. So how can I say as many crazy things as I can, so they have to split with me. And uh, like I said, I, I got the interview, um, and I'm I'm cutting it up for my show um, tomorrow. And you got it but, through uh,
1: some sort of uh, service on, for the visually impaired
2: uh, or something. Well, no, that 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 was that was because um, this this. Uh, Right. Radio station. I know they're moving over from Twitter to the other one, claiming because uh, Twitter uh, fired all the people that work with um, the making the, the station.
1: Okay. Uh, okay. Well, that's, I'll tell you, you what. The here's thing. the
2: and I, I, Johnny.
1: Thank you for being so attentive, and you just jumped right in on that when Holly was making that point. And I'll just say, from my perspective, I have no idea what's going on here. None. But uh, Raheem Kassam over at the National Poll says that some kind of an op is being run here. and But I don't know what's going on. We'll be back. There we go. Coming back with some Fleetwood Mac. And you know who's doing the lead vocals on that, of course, is Christine McVie. R.I.P. Christine McVie passed away on November 30th, about five days ago, at the age of 79. And maybe I'll save doing a bit more of a segment on Christine McVie until a little bit later on in the program, maybe next segment, but she was my favorite vocalist for for Fleetwood Mac, and for whatever reason, Fleetwood Mac is still always always so listened to and their albums keep popping up on the top of the charts. Albums like 50 years old pop up on the top of the charts even still and something about their music is particularly enduring. And if you want my opinion, I was talking to somebody about this the other day that there's something about uh, Stevie Nicks that's just off-putting. Rhiannon is the best Fleetwood Mac song and Stevie Nicks does the lead on that. So you can't, knock stevie nicks but for some reason i just like the christine mcvee tunes um a great deal with that one exception of that rhiannon song which oh you can you can you beat that tune you cannot beat that tune but uh and we were also for a rock star to make it to the age of 79 isn't that amazing that's like a miracle right i mean how many rock stars blake make it to 79 like not many. I mean, Keith Richards is already 179.
2: So I was going to say all the Rolling Stones. Yeah,
1: just the the strolling bones. They're the only ones that somehow can pull that off. Bob Dylan. Yeah, too. Bobby. At any rate, the bottom line, and I'm doing this Twitter files thing, the bottom line, let's hear Tucker's bottom line on all of this, and 2020, the election. Has anybody ever said it was rigged? Has anybody said that? Well,
3: we got we got some... Concrete details here. Bottom line is, the last election was shaped without you knowing it, without any voter in the United States knowing it, by this social media company, and doubtless similar things happened over at Google and Facebook. Certainly, Twitter, we know for a fact. The last election was shaped by Democratic officials, without your knowledge, censoring attacks on their candidate. Is that rigging an election? We'll let you decide. I say it is
1: rigging. And, of course, that's just, uh, you know, the the gulag we live in. None of this is new information to Backbone listeners, and we are a few deviations beyond the average comprehension of, you know, your typical Americano out there, your typical individual, and often uh, times many of the commentators. Yeah, we do as... Caller Charlene pointed out last week, we were the first ones to use the deep state phrase in talk radio that I'm aware of. And that goes back, uh, probably, are we almost 10 years ago now on the deep state phrase? So I was ready for it. I was ready for all this deep state action. And when we get to the deep state, this is where this James Baker, who was the top attorney for the FBI... Involved in the Russia hoax, involved in all the anti-Trump stuff. The hoaxes. He was in there, deep stater, FBI guy, in the middle of it all. And then he turns up over at Twitter, doing work for Twitter and helping moderate their content and helping rig their content. And I'll explain a bit about this. In Matt Taibbi's Twitter Files release, okay? He has a great section, and which tweet is it? It's, uh, it's uh, oh, I guess I just didn't highlight that one. No, no, here it is. It's 28. Um, tweet 28 of the 40-tweet Twitter thread from Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi says this. To which former Deputy General Counsel Jim Baker... Jim Baker, the FBI guy, again, seems to advise staying the non-course because caution is warranted. So Jim Baker, again, the corrupt FBI guy working for Twitter now, and he did everything he could to try to harm Trump while he was at the FBI, make stuff up, manufacture the hoaxes. Then he gets over to Twitter, does everything he can to try to block the Hunter Biden laptop story. And he says that, you know, we, hey, we can't run with this Hunter Biden laptop story because, quote, caution is warranted. And they're thinking that, yeah, it's probably that Russian disinfo. It's a Russian disinfo op to harm Hunter Biden. Yeah, caution is warranted. But, of course, James Baker, back when he was formally with the FBI. See, do you ever leave the FBI? Do you ever leave the CIA? Do you ever leave any of the agencies Do you still have your contacts? Do you still have your ways? Do you still have your access? Do you see what I'm saying there? Do you see what I'm saying? And when Elon says that government cannot collude with Twitter or order Twitter to censor anybody, and yes, we're waiting for smoking guns to come out there. We'll see. Elon Musk says the smoking guns are up to people like Matt Taibbi to find. But James Baker, again, is somebody who I've mentioned a lot around here for years, and this is just the kind of stuff that you need to know, okay, who this guy is. Jonathan Turley, the legal commentator, professor of law at George Washington University, has a good column about six degrees from James Baker. A familiar figure reemerges with the release of the Twitter files and talks about how during James Baker's tenure... At the FBI, Baker has been featured repeatedly in the Russian investigations launched by the Justice Department, including the hoax involving the Russian Alpha Bank. When Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman wanted to plant the bizarre false claim of secret communications between the Trump campaign and the Kremlin, yes, James Baker was his go-to speed dial contact, and Sussman, of course, was the one that Durham did bring down. Durham brought Sussman down, another FBI corrupt guy, and Baker was all over that one. Baker's name appeared prominently in controversies related to the other Russian-related FBI allegations against Trump. Okay, so we've got that settled. Baker's in there doing everything he can to try to take down Trump, and then he shows up at Twitter. The FBI guy lands on his feet, shows up at Twitter, does everything he can to try to protect joe biden and harm donald trump and his campaign in 2020 and rig the deal <laughs> and again turley goes into the quote about it's reasonable for us to assume that they may have been hacked and that caution is warranted caution is war-. so yeah it was the russians hacking this laptop thing you see you see how this works this is the behind the curtains view of what the deep state means and what the deep state is all about. Okay? Turley says, Baker insisted that there was a reasonable assumption that Russians were behind another major scandal. Faced with a major scandal implicating a Joe Biden in the corrupt selling of access to foreign figures, Baker's natural default was to kill the story and stop others from sharing the allegations and he was working hand-in-hand hand with Vijaya Gadi, G-A-D-D-E. You remember that name? I've been covering her. She was the chief censor over at Twitter. Young woman from India paid, wasn't she, like, paid, like, $20 million a year to be the chief censor? Working hand-in-hand hand with the FBI's Baker. And, again, Baker says, caution, caution on the Hunter Biden laptop. Could be Russia, Russia, disinfo. But then when it was a made up steel dossier, when it was a made up Alpha Bank allegation against Trump regarding Russia, no caution, no caution. Go after Trump. Let's do the special counsel. Let's create mainstream media echo chamber havoc. You get the idea, right? Is the word for that rigged? Tucker Carlson asks. I say yes. There you go. Christine McVee doing the lead vocals there. For the great song, Over My Head. I remember I played that a few years ago, bringing it back now. And, you know, sometimes you can remember the back, the bumper music you've played, specifically that moment. I don't know how many years ago it was, but I thought, man, is that a good song? Christine McVie has passed away at the age of 79 And if I'm not mistaken, I believe she did not join Fleetwood Mac on the last tour they went on. She was probably having some health problems at that time. And I believe on that last tour, didn't they kick Lindsey Buckingham out like they were already touring and Lindsey was being a pain? I think he's always like considered to be a pain, right? He just doesn't get along with people. Is that Lindsey? Blake's like the music man. He knows all this stuff. Uh, And so they booted Lindsay and no McVee. That's not as good of a tour, if you want my opinion. And because we can, because this is topical, let's drop that song and let's bring this one. You just got to, and by the way, I had a text to studio on Christine McVie, who, yes, somehow or another, I like her, her vocals a little bit more than Stevie Nicks. And someone texted it, like Grace Slick. Nyx has limited range. And it's interesting that the Gray Slick metaphor gets sent my way, And that if you listen to Jefferson Starship, you like them? Yeah? It's all about the airplane, man. Yeah, Jefferson Airplane, Jefferson whatever they were. Um, the Starship is the later. But if you if like the 70s, those mellow, grooving 70s tunes, which I'm working on you, Blake. You've got to get into your 70s groove at some point. It's going to happen. You got to get out of the 60s, dude. But anyway, if you listen to the Jefferson, I believe they were called Jefferson Starship at that time. The, the dude, when the dude sang those songs like Miracles and, uh, can't remember the other names, but those are, in my opinion, a little bit better. But even still, you can't take away White Rabbit with Grace Slick. That is like one of the greatest songs of all time. And by the way, I'll have you know, Blake, I've played that song in Arabic on this program. I found a version of White Rabbit in Arabic, which is unbeatable. At any rate, we got off on that. But this song, there's a little kind of a story behind this song, and it's Christine McVie. You make loving fun. And do you like that? What is that sound? What is that instrument they're using to get that sort of twangy twangy vibe in here? Fleetwood Mac from... I believe this is 77. This was on Rumors. And the story. It might be. Some kind of suppressor thing on the guitar. Anyway. In 1976, McVie began an on-the-road affair with the band's lighting director. The lighting director. Which inspired her to write... You Make Loving Fun, a top 10 hit on the landmark smash Rumors from 1977, which is one of the best-selling albums of all time. And this little info. I grabbed some info on Christine McVie. Her biggest hit when she was with Fleetwood Mac was the song Don't Stop, which reached the top five Now, if I'm not mistaken, Don't Stop was written by... Yeah, so McVie wrote this song, You Make Loving Fun. But she also wrote Don't Stop. But if I'm not mistaken, Lindsay Buckingham did the lead vocals for Don't Stop. And that's the song that the Clintons grabbed back in 92, or was it 96, when the Clintons were running, and they kept playing Don't Stop, Thinking About Tomorrow, which to me kind of ruined the song. You got the Clintons, Bill and Hillary... Liking that song and it just it soured it for me. I got to work to get around that. It's been a few decades and I'm still not there yet. At any rate, yeah, Christine McVie. I guess we just can't do it forever. And like we were saying, to a rock star to make it to 79 years old is impressive. You got to have a strong constitution. She's British, by the way. She was born on July 12, 1943 in the Lake District Village of Bouth, or Booth, B-O-U-T-H. And she grew up in the Bearwood area of Smithwick, near Birmingham. Birmingham. Not Birmingham, Alabama, but Birmingham, England. It's all in the pronunciation there. The Brits have a different pronunciation of it than do the Alabamians. Anyway, so that's that's our tribute to Christine McVie there. Thanks for going along for the ride there. And we, but, you know, we we go through phases where all we'll do is play '70s music around here, at Backbone Radio. We have those phases. But Blake's working on me to do '60s music. Are you? Would you say '60s? Is that your decade? Oh yeah. Could we handle that? I wonder if we'll get some text to studio if we suddenly started doing '60s. I don't know. We kind of have the anti-war vibe around here. They had that in the 60s before the hippies gave up on anti-war, and now they're, like, all psyched about invading every nation in the world. Where's Jerry Garcia when you need him, you know? You need need Jerry around to call off the war dogs. (laughs) At any rate. So we covered James Baker and how it works. You leave the FBI, and then you go into Twitter, and then you do the same stuff. You perpetuate lies to benefit your political side and harm your political opponents, which is what Baker did. No one more lethal to Donald Trump when he was in the FBI, and no one more lethal when he was over at Twitter. And now we've got this stuff because Elon has released it. Now, last week, and I don't think I have this clip still here, I was mentioning that, you know, there's Donald Trump and he's. He's talking to uh, Leslie Stahl at 60 Minutes, and Donald Trump brings up the Hunter Biden laptop, and Leslie Stahl says, oh, that's not, co- that's not corroborated, that's not confirmed, you can't talk about that. And co- we look back on it now, of course, Leslie Stahl was all wrong. The mainstream media was in on it, and they were all wrong. And there was one presidential debate that shall forever live in infamy, and that was the Chris Wallace debate. And I know so many listeners, are know- they remember that, Chris Wallace... The insufferable Fox News guy used to run Fox News Sunday. One of the biggest chumps to ever walk this planet. (laughs) That was just so bad, Chris Wallace. There he went, protecting Joe Biden on the Hunter Biden laptop, getting in Trump's face, running interference constantly on behalf of Joe Biden, just absolutely infamous and you will recall after this debate Chris Wallace didn't last much longer at Fox News then he went over to CNN plus and then CNN plus folded and now I think they have Chris Wallace on a little bit at CNN doing some boring stuff without any viewership so Chris Wallace did destroy himself and here's part of how he did it and this doesn't this sound worse in retrospective now that we really know I mean we knew the truth of the time around here but now it's like, really yeah. out there? Here's here's Chris Wallace. Remember this moment, the debate? The mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son $3.5 million. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista none to of deserve $183,000? None, none of, of that is true. A man,
3: if not, none of that is true. Oh,
1: really?
2: He didn't Mr. President, no. he he did. Mr.
3: President totally, please.
1: Totally discredited.
2: Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't our, get $3.5 no, no, million,
1: dollars, Joe? Mr. Vice President. He got $3.5 million. That is not true.
3: Oh, Here really? Is, Mr. Oh. President. Oh. You, it's, a, it's an open discussion, please. Uh, you, you, it's a fact. I, well, no, you have raised an issue. Let the well, vice, totally vice President an, answer. Discredited. Did Barisma pay $183,000 a, a month when, when, with when no he, experience he, when, in energy? Mr. President, my son did nothing wrong at Barisma. I think he did. Mr. President. Let him answer.
1: There you go. Just a little snippet of one of the key moments of Chris Wallace. You can hear that. Mr. President, you can't say that. You have to let him. Chris Wallace kept jumping in to muddy it all up and to make it so Trump could not bring that point home properly and effectively to some folks out there who are watching. Some of the clueless folks out there watching. Trump was 100% right. 100% right. And that's Chris Wallace on Fox News. Yeah. Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan's Fox News. Paul Ryan is on the board of directors for Fox News, is Paul Ryan, and doing everything he can to spike and sabotage Trump while he was speaker, and then now while he's on the board of Fox News. That's just, remember, with Fox News, mm, that's how they roll when it comes down to it. Of course, the Murdochs do own the New York Post, so this one is a little bit of a bifurcated point here. This one's about Paul Ryan's Fox News. Trump was right about everything. Little Wilco, that's the thanks I get bringing us back in. Love that tune. I have memories of that song that somehow when I got a new stereo system some years ago, that was the first song that I somehow played on it. And boy, did it ever sound good in stereo. Had the some pretty decent speakers. I still have them. Funny how you remember these things. We're just strolling through the memories tonight <laughs> as we watch America go down the drain. Isn't that a bummer? But we're not going to let it happen. we got to find a way. The texts are flowing in about, about Christine McVie, Bring on the 60s Music. What's this one? 60 Fleetwood Mac, Black Magic Woman. I thought that was Santana, Black Magic Woman. Did did Fleetwood Mac have a hand in that in some way? Another individual says, Doc, bring on the 60s. My first concert way back in 68 was in Central Park, Jefferson Airplane opening for the Grateful Dead. I was all five years old and remember them playing the rabbit song as I knew it back then. Yes, the White Rabbit. What a great song, which figures prominently in the Matrix. You know, follow the white rabbit, Neo. Follow the white rabbit, the woman that has the tattoo on her on her shoulder and he has to follow her to get out of the Matrix. Really, really good stuff. Which, of course, comes from Alice in Wonderland, which, of course, reminds me that this week, for some reason, my amazing wife was uh, interested in the poem Jabberwocky. And so we read Jabberwocky, which is a nonsensical poem by... The same guy that wrote Alice in Wonderland, um, Lewis Carroll. Anyway, talk about random stream of consciousness radio here. <laughs> and by the way, I was playing that uh, Christine McVie. She, you know, she wrote the song "You Make Loving Fun" because she was having an affair with the lighting director of the Fleetwood Mac tour. The lighting director. So the, I guess the lighting directors somehow uh, are like really cool. Apparently, they, uh, yeah, they uh, had that all work out just fine. But after the phone lines and once I want to plant one seed here, and maybe I'll develop this more later, but over the conservative treehouse, the brilliant Sundance has this thesis, and he's not totally yet impressed by what's coming out on these Twitter files. He says, the surveillance state, the deep state never lets anything out that you were not meant to see. None of this is the kind of stuff that you were not meant to see. They want this out for some reason. Because the deep state is ever, ever so vigilant, and he traces back all these years of things that seemed like big scandals at the time when they came out, but uh, maybe the deep state wanted it out there for a reason. Anyway, what about this? They're thinking, potentially, could this be that the Biden DOJ will arrest and indict Donald Trump... But at the same time, they will indict and arrest Hunter Biden. So they'll make it like a trade-off, like a twofer. And I've kind of thought about that. I guess that's a potential thing. That's a possible thing. You know they're going to pull some kind of a stunt because they're too afraid to let Trump run again. He's too much of a threat to deep state ruling class power. They're going to have to do something. And they'll indict him. And some people will think, oh, no, he was indicted. Oh. And it's like, yeah, well. Whatever, just the next hoax. Okay. But you see, the deep state, they don't want Joe Biden to think about running again. They want to get rid of Joe Biden. He served his purpose, he served his function, the figurehead. They don't want him to have ambitions of running again in 2024. So maybe they could indict Hunter Biden and use that as a sort of a compensatory perceptive factor when they try to indict Donald Trump and make it all seem like kosher. Hmm. Think about that one for a minute. I'm just putting that out there. And if that does happen, give Sundance all kudos, all credit for that. And for Backbone, for saying this way in advance of future events. But we, we shall see. And I'm off to the phone lines here. And someone sends this in. Matt, Can't You See is the best Marshall Tucker song ever, speaking of 70s greatest. Put it in the rotation. I've played that song many times. I love Can't You See. Please put it in the rotation, especially when a political woman does or says something dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Hear from you soon. Anyway, um, thanks for the tips from last week on how to deal with Democrat psyops. Great show. And, oh, P.S. Peter Green of... Fleetwood Mac. Peter Green, originally of Fleetwood Mac, wrote Black Magic Woman. Wow! That's the info I was looking for. And uh, yeah, Peter Green. Here's another text. Man, we got brilliant people. Peter Green wrote The Black Magic Woman and played it first and best. Peter Green started Fleetwood Mac. That's from another individual. And um, uh, too many texts to read. I better get onto the phones. But I will say this. The Dunn family, we watched Home Alone last week, we watched Home Alone 2 this week. And Donald Trump had his cameo. Yeah. Trump had his cameo, and he was great. He was the best. He should have gotten an Academy Award. He had like one line, and he told McAlee Calkin, Cul- you know, the kid, he was in like the big Trump hotel. That's where they filmed this thing. They called it the Plaza in the movie. And Trump gave little McAlee Calkin directions on how to get to some place he was going to, and he had a good smile, and he had a very dignified bearing. And I think most people, when they saw Home Alone 2, they said, oh, that's a future president right there. That guy should run. Do you see how well he gave that line? He delivered that? He's the best. Anyway, sorry for all my dithering. Let's say hello to Joe in Arvada. Welcome, Joe. Glad you're
2: here.
3: Hello, Matt. Yes, I've sir. I hope that Donald Trump gets a chance to uh, do Home Alone, I guess, 5, a cameo <laughs> uh, as the fifty. 56- seven or 47th president uh, i would hope same Matt, here you're spot on with all of this uh, and now that it's unraveling here's the thing all of these people you know you they can say that there was nothing happening or that this this doesn't mean anything the fbi was colluding with these people in twitter but what they miss is sedition is forever you don't have any expiration date on sedition these people were doing this while donald trump was president they Mm -hmm. were acting as seditious agents to try to come against the president of the united states with fraud is what it was And, and they they Concocted all of these things, and don't think that Christopher Ray didn't know what was going on. Oh yeah! Come on, does anybody think that this guy Chan operated Elvis without Chan, Christopher FBI. Ray's knowledge? Yep. yep, he knew what was going on. You are
1: all over it, Joe. And- if you know who this Elvis Chan guy was, who was one of the FBI fixers in the equation, exactly.
3: Well, he, the, the other thing that's uh, you know that is so obvious is that the media on the left the mainstream media is all mum because they're caught with their pants down around their ankles and they know that they they miss the story except for the new york post and here's the thing on our side all these people that say that they're conservatives that tried to say, oh, you know, nothing happened in the election. Oh, there was no sedition. Oh, there was no nothing, nothing, nothing. Well, you guys were wrong, and you better come clean and admit it, because we're going to hold you accountable. All these people in the media that said, oh, oh, it was, it was all nothing. It was all a nothing burger. Well, guess what? It wasn't a nothing burger. It was sedition and treason, and you better get on the train, or we're going to hold your feet to the fire. You we've got you need to, be to held have
1: the Republicans, release the dogs and get accountability here. And moreover, Joe, don't you think we should demand an apology? Let's get an apology from everybody about all of this stuff. It's all coming out. We've we've been all over this all you know, along and uh, there's so many apologies. people that just, they just don't figure it out. They can't get or they pretend they don't. They pretend
3: there needs to be some pink slips.
1: Oh yeah. Here's the thing. Accountability. When you
3: based your you based your whole uh, uh, career on being anti-Trump or being yeah. Uh, ag- it's more than an apology. The-